Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my wonderful, beautiful, gorgeous, (laughs) oogie-boogie-loving wife, Michelle. (laughs) Thank you, sweetie. Hi, everybody. So good to have you with us. We are recording this episode on September 22nd, 2019, and we had a blast of a week going to Disneyland a couple times. I know. It was exciting getting to uh, meet up with some friends, but also getting to experience some new things ourselves, like a new Halloween event. We'll be talking a little bit about both those things as we get through this episode. Mostly, we want to let you know that uh, you can find this podcast in many different locations, but the best place to find us is on our website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, why don't you go ahead and just sign up for our newsletter? I mean, what do you got to lose? Sign up for our <laughs> newsletter. It's you know, it's just right there. It's easy enough. Sign up for it. Now, we actually have some cool stuff coming out through the newsletter, including something that's happening today for the first time. Right. Some exciting things and signing up for our newsletter, you will get firsthand information before anybody else as news comes up and things that are going on with the Hyperion Adventures podcast. And we're going to have some other fun things coming up more and more. We're just adding on, adding on. This is exciting. Right. We're looking to find ways to get uh, you listeners more involved in our show. Michelle's come up with some wonderful ideas on how to do that. And the first place we'll be sharing that will be on our newsletter, but we'll also be doing it on social media as well. And you can always follow us on social media on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you have any questions, if there's anything you want to discuss with us, if you just want to say hi, please email us Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Right. And we love to hear from you, find out what things are going really well with the podcast. If you have some ideas or suggestions, sharing things, we'll always give you credit for it. Um, but this is a great community that that we have here. And we just love to, you know, really have those those opportunities to share amongst each other. Right. By the way, thank you for all those that showed us a lot of love for our last episode, yeah. our five favorite Disney dance party songs. It's been one of our our best downloaded episodes in the first week uh, we've ever had. And we really appreciate uh, your love out there for that and for us in that regard. And we also had another person who gave us their list on social media that this week. And that was Abby Normal 2319, also known as at Abby. Abigail Bork, who's listened to our show and right. has chimed in many, many times. Yeah, she's great on social media. You got to follow her. She's a real positive, fun person. Right. And so she came her list as to her five favorite Disney Do dance tell. party songs. So number five from her was one of yours, actually, mm-hmm. was That's How You Know from Enchanted. Right. Number four was Hakuna Matata from Lion King, which I don't think we mentioned, which is a slight on our regard because yeah. that should have been on our Absolutely. list. Absolutely. Uh, number three. Three was World's One Family from Tarzan. Number two was Son of Man from Tarzan. (laughs) And number one from Abigail was Trash in the Camp from Tarzan. (laughs) Abby was apparently on a pretty good Tarzan kick this week. Right, yeah, she had a a Tarzan adventure. Right. (laughs) So thank you, Abby, for for, uh, chiming in with those. And thanks to everybody again for uh, helping us make that episode be so popular. And uh, we really enjoyed doing that with you. And we have many more lists to come, many more 
musical episode. Yes. We've come up with some more ideas for a few new ones just this week, as a matter of fact, and we'll get to those as we progress through this wonderful Hyperion adventure that we're going on. Yeah. But uh, for today, we've got lots of stuff for you, including new entertainment coming to the Disneyland Resort, new experiences coming to the Tokyo Disney Resort, and we get a little more information about the Festival of Holidays at the Walt Disney World Resort, but that's a little bit too far forward. Let's get back to the holiday that's a little bit closer to us, Halloween time Mm. at the Disneyland Resort, and we went on Tuesday to the debut of the first ever Oogie Boogie Bash. Yes, and... It was a blast of a bash for sure. We had an amazing time and excited to be able to share some of our favorite experiences and just impressions in general. Right. So we went to the very first one, which was on Tuesday, September 17th. Well, we got tickets well in advance because we knew we were gonna, it was going to sell out. And yes, it did. And where we were lucky enough that... Our great friend Rob LeBerry from the J Temple Archives podcast and his wife Kim were heading out from where they live in Michigan to come and visit and they were going and we weren't going to miss out on that chance to go with them. Yeah, so it's definitely fun going with some friends, um, but it was an event that I would think anybody, whether you're a family with kids all adults, you're going to have a great time there. Yes. So if you get these tickets, and hopefully many of you do have these booked in the next coming weeks, they're, they are doing them a couple times a week leading up until we get to Halloween, mm-hmm. of course. Um, so hopefully you have those tickets. And if you do, though, you know, or hopefully you know that you can get into the park at 3 p.m. That's when the tickets allow you to get in. We have annual passes. We got into the park a little bit earlier mm-hmm. than that. So we took advantage of that. And uh, we went and got a spot at the land lamplight lounge which was almost walk in which is crazy for the lamplight lounge. right yeah that was such a special treat to be able to get in there without any really wait yeah hardly at all i mean yeah. they said it was gonna be you know 10 15 minutes right. or whatever it ended up being like three minutes right <laughs> uh, we basically walked in there and then uh, when kim and rob got in uh, we had a spot there and we kind of you know just started out the night you know with a little bit of appetizers a couple cocktails and just kind of got ourselves ready right. for the fun that was going to happen in the evening yeah and uh, it was interesting being there and in the park a little earlier because you were experiencing the park like you would normally throughout a regular day. I mean, they did have, you know, still the Halloween overlays in some of the attractions, but um, it's funny because as soon as um, the park closed officially for people weren't, who weren't going to be at the Oogie Boogie Bash and the ones that who were staying, it, it closed at six um, and the music changed, yeah. the lighting changed. It, it was like, okay, we're transforming it, this into the party. And, um, you know, people who weren't staying at the Oogie Boogie Bash were... Um, quickly you know kind of guided out and it was a little different than some of the other nighttime ones where people who have been in the park already could stay for shopping you know for you know 30 to 4 to 30 to 60 minutes a lot of times and in this particular case that didn't that wasn't the situation. Uh, they actually had people in the front of the stores who weren't letting people into the stores after six o'clock. Yeah, some of the ones that are closer to what uh, Disney California Ventures Hub is kind right. of at the end there. Uh, they kind of were blocking them off. There were still some shops that were open a little bit closer to the entryway, but uh, they were trying to limit it pretty quickly and right. get people moving. But yeah, you're right. Six a or six p.m. Uh, that music changed immediately. Right. <laughs> yes. Like it was six. You're like there was no doubt about it. Oogie Boogie came on. 
on, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. That's right. I guess the party, party has started. begun. <laughs> yes. So uh, we went ahead and did that. Uh, Rob and Kim, I know they were looking to get some of the uh, limited edition merchandise mm-hmm. for Oogie Boogie. So they lined up for that, first of all. And then we went over, and, and while they were doing that, we saw a relatively short line to get your picture taken in front of the Headless Horseman right. statue that yeah. they had placed there. Yeah. And we took advantage of that. Yeah, it was great doing that. Um, th- you know, they had a lot of great photo ops areas throughout the park. Um, you know, some of them were, you know, the more common people that you would think of in terms of villains and things. But they also had some unique ones. They had, you know, Kingdom Hearts represented there as yeah, well. Yeah, first time I've seen Kingdom Hearts really rep. I mean, I there, there's been some small, there's pins and a few other things, right. but really represented in the parks was, that was interesting. Yeah, and, um, you know, and, and a lot of them obviously would have long lines started up pretty early on in in the evening and into the event, um, but there were, there were some that didn't have, like you said, didn't have rel- that long of a line. The Headless Horseman was one of them, and we saw several others throughout the evening. Um, so it gave people opportunity if they were really, you know, into cosplay and dressed up and wanting to get some really unique shots, they had those, you know, more elaborate photo ops. And then if you were there and you just wanted to get something quick with your family or friends, that was available too. So yeah. it was a nice blend. I, I think that was even a better highlight than some of the other nighttime events that we've gone right. to. Yes, it was actually, it was an amazing and diverse crowd of of characters that you could get your pictures uh, taken with and some uh, interesting backdrops. So here's just a few of them that we saw. I think mm-hmm. there were more than what we saw, but this is what we, as we were stumbling around, kind mm-hmm. of ran into. And that was uh, Mickey and Minnie in their Halloween attire, right. of course. Mm-hmm. They had a, a good spot. Uh, we were just talking about uh, Kingdom Hearts. I know I saw Goofy in his uh, garb, his right. Kingdom Hearts garb. And I've seen pictures, even though we didn't see him, I've seen pictures of Donald in his Kingdom Hearts garb right. as well. Uh, we also saw some an interesting array of villains at, at various different parts. Uh, Frollo from the Hunchback yeah. of Notre Dame was there. Uh, Sean Yu from Mulan. John Ratcliffe from Pocahontas. <laughs> the Sheriff, Sheriff of Nottingham and Prince John from uh, Disney's ro- animated Robin Hood were there. So yeah. some really interesting characters that you don't... Uh, you know, get opportunities to get photos with very often. Right. Very eclectic and uh, really made it fun. Even if you weren't standing in line, you know, just going by and seeing them and seeing them interact with other guests and everything really made the the party really experience elevated. Yeah, it was really fun and just kind of cool to walk by. Even though we didn't get in line for those, we're not really as big on getting the pictures taken. Uh, A lot of times, especially with lines, we kind of like to take advantage of that time and experience more Mm -hmm. of the park. But there were a lot of people who were getting a kick out of it. Uh, Photo passes included in the price of the admission. So whether, you know, we have annual passes, but even if you don't, uh, you get your pictures uh, from that night. So that's, that's nice as well. So you take advantage of that. If you like getting your photos taken, you know, take Take advantage of that while you're out at the Oogie Boogie Bash or the Not So Scary, as a matter of fact, uh, in right. Walt Disney World Resort. Yeah. So uh, as far as the rest of the night, uh, they did have the parade that they traditionally have. It's a little mm-hmm. bit different here on the West Coast than the, the Booty You Parade mm-hmm. that said uh, Mickey's not so scary. But it was really cool. We didn't actually uh, attend it very much, but we did see you know some glimpses of it as we were walking around. We were kind of taking advantage of that time when everybody was at the parade to kind of do a few right. other things. Yeah. Uh, but we did see it. It looked like it was great. It looked like it was fun. Uh, some cool floats. They had, I know we saw a Haunted Mansion float, and yes, they had 
had the the grave diggers out mm-hmm. there with their with their shovels, you know, and they do that dance where they, you know, rang it against the right. uh, concrete and right the sparks and everything, yeah. which is always really cool to see. Yeah, it was, and um, they also had a dinner package if people wanted to get special VIP areas to observe the parade that was available too. Um, and I think they even had some opportunities that evening if you hadn't made a reservation mm-hmm. in advance. Um, so th- that's something too that people may want to take care of. I mean, take into consideration to do. Yeah, if you want uh, to get that great spot on the parade route, right. it's a possibility. But there were, you know, we saw the, it's a long parade route. So there were lots of great spots mm-hmm. available for you. You did have to get there a little early, but uh, still pretty good uh we did see a little glimpse of the descend dance party actually we we're just yeah. stopping over there because i was hungry again because that's me i'm always hungry <laughs> um and we were it happened to be right by the stage and we were watching it and we're not you know we're really not into the descendants movie or anything but it looked like for the little ones that are really into it which i know a lot of them are out right. there that they were having a good old time and it was the, mu- the yeah. music was hopping and it looked really fun. Right. I was super impressed actually with that. And you're right. We're not big into the to that series, but um, I do think it was a great alternative to have, especially for tweens or, you know, maybe even a little younger than tweens. But that troupe of dancers was the most impressive dancers I've ever seen at a Disney event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that's exclusive. You know, I'm not talking things that are like on TV, you know, specials and things like that, but just being at a Disney park dancing, they were, they were really impressive, impressive yeah, really we, phenomenal. We only saw them for a few minutes, but we were very impressed by what we saw for sure. Yeah, they were uh, very acrobatic. Yes, yes. So those are the other couple of things we only kind of experienced in passing a little bit, but we did get to check out a lot of the other things that were part of this event that were uh, really great and we were more kind of involved in them and uh, one of the things I really enjoyed was going through Villains Grove uh, oh yeah over which, in Grizzly Peak uh, yeah over in the Redwood uh, Creek area mm-hmm. if you know Disney California Adventure Park at all there's an area that's uh, kind of it's it's actually made for kind of activities for the young ones to kind of do some things in and amongst like redwood trees and right. learn about nature and try some rock climbing and they have some rope bridges and everything but that this night for this they shut it down and they they put a lot of fog and lighting and uh, a lot of different musical effects and a lot of uh, projections that really brought this area alive. And right. was just kind of a, a cool little area to just kind of walk through and, and see different things projected on the walls, the trees, all this different area. Yeah. I mean, you know, they tried, they really did well getting like an eerie tone or feel to it. Uh, they had really spectacular use of lasers and lights. Like, and like you're saying with the fog, there, bouncing some things off and getting some different imagery through that. Um, yeah. You, totally would not have recognized where it was you know no. when you're looking at it they, it was a complete transformation of the area and very immersive really hit a lot of different senses and uh, made it really special and loved being able to get some unique pictures and see that imagery that they had produced right it was a, it was just a blast that that yeah. trail was one of my highlights of the night i really enjoyed walking through there i just thought, thought it had that halloween feel without being ridiculously scary but right. it's just kind of had these cool effects with like you said the fog and the lighting they had some candelabras there they were adding some uh, effect to right. it as well it was just really cool yeah a lot of different um Halloween themes throughout it and you know each segment had a little bit of a different 
you know, genre to it or what they were trying to really do. And um, it, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It, was it was a lot fun. of fun. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, we did hit up the treat trails as well, where you get to yeah. do the trick or treating, which is one of the benefits of going to this. And uh, they really outdid themselves with one, the trails themselves, which were a lot of fun, but how much candy we yeah. walked away with. My back is still sore because we were, we ha- they give you a trick or treat bag and it's kind of a little trick or treat bag. Uh, you fill that thing up in the first couple trails you hit and then we started dumping it in the backpack I was carrying around. Oh my goodness. We had so much candy. Yeah. They really did well with all that. And it's nice that they had um, a fruit option yes, at a lot true. of the places. Um, we that- took that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> take some you yeah. take some um you know but it was very well themed it you know i was expecting it to be just a little bit more of a walking path and you'd get some candy uh, i like that they had all the candy and cauldrons for at each of the locations but the that they really did put a lot into the theming mm-hmm. of it and it made it really fun i was like wow and i don't think we hit a hundred percent of them I think we hit most of them. It was also cool that they had one specific for annual pass holders. Yes, that was, uh, if you don't know, if you're an annual pass holder and you're going, there's a specific area. It's actually, we only stumbled across it because, shocking, I was hungry again. And we went and got a corn dog at the corn dog castle. And uh, right next to that was where that is. And we're like, oh, there's an annual pass holder. Right. little treat trail as well where you get an, a special magnet for the event. So if you are an annual pass holder and you were going, make sure you hit that up while yeah. you're there. But yeah, each uh, treat trail was themed to a different villain. So at some point during the trail, you would run across the one of the villains. Right. So like it was like the evil queen from Snow White, uh, Maleficent, Dr. Facilier from uh, the princess and the frog. Uh, of course, Oogie Boogie was holding court at one area right. as well. And it was just kind of a fun addition to each spot you went through and the everybody all the characters were great they were they were there and they were totally interactive with the people that would come by with them right that's what i was just going to say you know they were mic'd up and they were able to really make some connections with the people um, who were coming through you know and it just made it a lot more interesting to be walking these paths and seeing those villains and and actually just that they were continually talking and, and having some type of interactions with different people throughout the trail mm-hmm. yeah it was that was one of the most fun parts and not what yeah. i was expecting necessarily when we were on the tree trails i expected we'd get a couple things of candy right and then we you know exit out um but it was really fun to go down those trails and like I said, there was so I was shocked at how much. Not only because you know I expected there'd be one or two candy stops on mm-hmm. each of these trails. Each one of them, when I thought the candy would be done, there'd be like two or three more right. kettles to <laughs> yeah. hand you more candy. It was yeah. insane. Right. So it was that was really impressive. Yeah. So that was that was really well done. But what was my favorite part from this night was the new version of world of color made specifically for this event entitled villainous it was magnificent it was beautiful it's i world of color is arguably my favorite nighttime spectacular that disney does Mm. and uh this one's tough to be topped because it was really really well done right i agree with you completely i actually think i liked it maybe just because it was new i liked it better than the regular world of color um it was really creative how they incorporated many of the villains coming together in a new storyline and no spoilers here. We won't give it away, but it was really 
a, a sweet surprise saying, well, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously uh, we've talked about it in the past that the projections are spot on on the water. And so that, you know, carried over to this as well. But just having that new creative storyline made it so fun. Yeah. And they did create a brand new character uh, for this. I know they've talked about it. I'm not spoiling anything mm-hmm. really because they've talked about this on their uh, different posts about mm-hmm. this. And her name is Shelly Marie and uh, she was adorable yeah. and <laughs> played very well in the story. And it was very well tied together because of her to tell this story of these various villains. And, and uh, it was really interesting. And I think that when you get out there and get to go see this, you're going to really, really enjoy it. The way they did it where it did bring out the villains and their evil side, but not scary even for little kids, Mm -hmm. I don't think. I think just the storyline and and how they did it made it, you know, themed well enough to be with the Halloween event, but not so scary that somebody with little kids would not be able to really appreciate it. That's one of the great things about these parties with Disney is there's a reason why over at Walt Disney World it's called the uh, Mickey's Not Not So so Scary scary. because yes, I mean, they want to have that little bit of edge to it. They want to have a little bit of it, but they want it to be fun for all ages. You know, they don't want to uh, go there and then the kids are just having a horrible time or frightened to to turn any corner because it's scary or or so. And they want that little bit of edge to it where it's just a little bit frightening but not so, so frightening. Right, yeah, right. not so scary. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, again, totally enjoyed the whole thing. It was not so scary fun. Uh, I don't know. If it, do you, were there any other highlights you can think of that we hit out there? Well, I, I mean, I think you covered all the things that we were doing or interacted in that way, but I just really wanted to, you know, shout out for the wonderful immersive Halloween ambiance that they created. Um, and I always thought just going through the parks as their normal Halloween decorations was pretty immersive already. But this night just took it to a whole new level. I mean, you know, for example, just things like the sounds of the headless horseman riding, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the reflections on the buildings were incredible. I mean, the projections that were up there were amazing, like on Carthay circle. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say Carthay circle looked like entirely different in what they had and you know the music playing you know whether it was like nightmare before christmas um different songs or just other sounds and everything it was crazy fun yeah we had a great time um it was it was a blast being out there we're glad we got to be part of the first one because i hear that they at least from rob told me they cut back a little on the candy the next couple nights i think they gave us too much the <laughs> yeah, first night yeah. so they're like we're gonna reel it back a little bit yeah. but uh he still said he went to get again a second night. we're about to have him on actually and he'll tell you a little bit about that i think uh but he got to go a second night so we got to experience it two nights cool. so that's a lot of fun yeah. yeah so uh bottom line i had a great time i would reckon i mean i know there's not tickets available anymore uh but hopefully you've already purchased your tickets and you're going to get to go and if not hopefully they do this again next year or something similar to it uh, and you take advantage of it when it comes because it was a blast you know and that I didn't mind yes we have annual passes and we can go to the park whenever we want but I didn't mind the extra fee because it was that much fun I agreed with that yeah and it was fun seeing how they were doing something at uh, Disney California Adventure Mm -hmm. I mean I know that typically these Halloween events have been at Disneyland Resort Park but um they did a great job. I think they used the space really cool to bring out the villains and all the excitement and Halloween theming. Yeah. 
It was a great time. And it wasn't that late at night either. Yeah. I mean, because uh, they, they wrapped it up at 11. We've been at some of the nighttime mm-hmm. events. They don't wrap up to 1 uh, a.m. And that's really a late drive back right. to San Diego for us. <laughs> but uh, 11 p.m. was not so bad. I mean, we still got back late, but it was it was pretty good. And, yeah. you know, and that also, you know, it was a school night. So, you know, it was, it was late for the kids, but not crazy, crazy late. So, right, yeah. right. So a lot of more littler kids, like toddlers and things, preschoolers. Right. Yeah. Yep. So good time. We hope you get to experience it either coming up in the next few weeks or possibly in the future if they keep it around for another year or two. And and I don't see why they wouldn't because it was a blast. Yeah. Well worth the money. I would say very, very much worth the money. So excellent. So that's it for our main topic of the week. But we have another big topic. As a matter of fact, it's a brand new segment of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We're so excited to bring this to you. And here is Michelle with some more of the details. Right, thanks. Well, so we wanted to really get to explore what everybody's Disney adventures are of the week. And that could be something as grand as what we're going to share with you today because we have a special guest on, Rob, to tell us about his first time at Disneyland. But we also know that it's really fun for even the smaller Disney adventures, like when you get your magic bands in Mm -hmm. the mail for your upcoming trip. And so we really want to add this feature to our our episodes and really get to hear what you are doing on a weekly basis to really experience and have a wonderful Disney adventure. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we want to hear from you. We want we know you have little pieces of Disney in your life that excite you. It could be as easy as like Michelle said getting your magic band or booking a new trip or it could be something gigantic like a huge family celebration, right. some pixie dust was sprinkled on you when you were at the parks from Disney Cruise Line. Whatever it is, we want to hear about it and each week we are going to pick one adventure to share on the show. And this week, we're excited to kick it all off with uh, one of our amazing friends who has been part of this show many, many times over and has is an OG Hyperion adventurer, was yeah. listening from the beginning, and he just made an incredible trip along with his lovely wife, Kim, to the Disneyland Resort. And of course, we're talking about our great friend, Rob LaBerry from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. Rob, thanks for joining us for our brand new segment today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm really looking forward to talking about it. It's been a long time coming and finally got a chance to get out there and experience the Disneyland Resort. Yeah, it was so good for us to get a chance to actually experience it with you. As a matter of fact, that was a lot of fun for us and uh, we just had a great time. So Yeah, such an honor and it's always so much more enjoyable when you get to go along with somebody on their first experience at Disneyland. So it was a special treat, especially for us too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was great having you guys along. Um, uh, my wife, Kim, is from uh, Riverside area originally, so she is familiar with Disneyland Park uh, and the Disneyland Resort area. But it's been quite a while since she'd been out there. So a lot had changed. They didn't have uh, Disney's California Adventure when she was last out there. Mm. And, um, you know, the area itself had changed quite a bit. So uh, having a couple people who were regulars and, and familiar <laughs> with the park and kind of were able to give us a 
a good first uh, day, a first experience with it was great, and it just made it that much easier to navigate the rest of the week we were there. That's great. I'm glad we were there to help, and it was right. just good spending some time with you. And we had a couple of uh, dates to spend some time with you, which was a lot of fun. So let's just talk about the whole trip in general. Uh, we'll start with you just getting there. Uh, you you live in Michigan, so you had to get from Michigan uh, to Orange County, to Southern California. Talk about the flights. Talk about getting from uh, the airport uh, finally to the Disneyland Resort. Yeah, I mean, we flew out of Detroit, which is uh, about an hour and 15 minute drive from Lansing where we live. And, you know, that's always uh, kind of preferable for me to do in a more local airport and having to do that connecting flight because we tend to go through Detroit anyway. So it just removes the chance of there being any connection issues with the flight and and being delayed from getting home when you're only an hour plus uh, away from there. But the flight out there, we did a nonstop flight out. Actually, we had scheduled nonstop out and back uh, flying into John Wayne Airport, which was super close to Disneyland uh, Resort. And that went uh, pretty well. I The only kind of hiccup there was I thought I'd gotten us some exit row seats <laughs> and I had actually gotten the road directly in front of the exit row. Oh. So uh, we had the recline, uh, the restricted recline seats. So oh. uh, that was that was an <laughs> unusual mistake for me to make me in 6-4. Um, but, you know, again, it was the excitement. <laughs> Yeah, excitement of getting out there and, and getting to experience the parks um, and especially to you know meet up with you guys and be able to go into Galaxy's Edge was enough to kind of uh, mute any any issues that I was going to have with that flight. Nice. That's good. So yeah. you you flew into John Wayne, so in, in Orange County itself, so not that far actually from the Disneyland Resort. Uh, how did you go about actually getting there? Did you use a ride share or did you rent a car? What did you do? Yeah, we actually, um, I looked once we got to the airport, we were, uh, originally we were going to rent a vehicle, um, the hotel reservation we had, we could have a free, you know, uh, free parking for one vehicle, uh, but kind of as we looked at it, we were really focusing all of our attention on Disneyland Resort, and we were staying super close, so there was really no need for a vehicle other than to get to and from the airport, so we decided to go with, uh, I think we did lift both ways is what it turned out to be. And uh, that was just based on price comparison when we got there. And it was super smooth. I mean, it was 15, 20 minute drive maybe from the airport to our hotel. We stayed at the Grand Legacy at the park, which was virtually right across from the uh, the Esplanade entrance there. So right. uh, it was a great, uh, you know, just a great setup, super close, super easy to get everywhere. And I can't recommend it highly enough. Nice. Those are one of the good neighbor hotels that uh, Disney promotes. Like you can find them right on their website. They're, yes, there are the three Disney Resort hotels on mm-hmm. site, of course, but there are plenty of other really nice hotels within very close distance in many re- regards, closer than some of the actual Disney Resort hotels uh, right. to there. And there, they range in price, but uh, you could find a lot of great ones out there. And I'm glad you and Kim found a, a nice one that you got to stay in. You enjoyed the hotel, okay? Yeah, the hotel was great. Um, it was a very large room, which was kind of a, a nice surprise. I had done. Uh, quite a bit of research just trying to figure out where we wanted to stay. And this was uh, certainly a highly rated hotel, um, super close, as I said, to the entrance to kind of the the esplanade there between Disneyland Park and Calif- Disney's California Adventure Park. Uh, so I think we were maybe a block away. Um, and uh, they had a rooftop lounge kind of down the main building called The Fifth, which was kind of a, a gathering place and a, kind of a fun place to go. We didn't end up doing that. Uh, just because they tended to have quite a crowd up there every evening that we were around. Mm-hmm. But um, really, I guess my only complaint with the room would have been that it had 
unusually small toilet. <laughs> I saw the toilet. It was tiny. It was a Barbie doll toilet. I'm I telling saw you. no problem with that. Yeah, it was Michelle's size toilet. <laughs> they got a body. Right. Uh, but, you know, they uh, you, none of the hotels around there really have huge pools. This one had a pretty decent pool in the courtyard. Um, and it was fairly kind of uh, screened off from the parking lot about as well as you could be expected, given that it was kind of in the middle of the parking lot. Um, but it was one of the nicer pools that I saw in the area. They had a hot tub. Our room actually had a uh, jacuzzi tub mm, as well, nice. which is really nice, um, which was kind of one of the one of the reasons I ended up booking that room. Nice. Nice. Oh, that's great. You know, and you know, like we're saying that there are a lot of opportunities to, to find a great resort in that area, even if you're not staying at one of the Disneyland resorts. So right. sounds like you hit a winner and it's a good one to know for, to add on to our consideration list too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, when you look at the prices for the, for the hotels that are, you know, proper to, to Disneyland, mm-hmm. uh, be it Disneyland Hotel or Paradise Pier or Grand Californian. I mean, you're talking a pretty pricey premium. Uh, and as you mentioned, Tom, some of them aren't any closer walking distance than the hotel that we stayed at. So sure. I figure what we ended up staying to spend their eight nights would have been roughly two nights at the Grand Californian. Wow. So wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty good trade-off. We, yeah, we knew we were going to be doing a lot more shopping on this trip than we typically do. We, we get down to Walt Disney World pretty regularly. Uh, we're annual pass holders there. So the merchandise doesn't change enough down there for us to to do any major shopping. But with this trip and, and it being something that we don't do that regularly, uh, and of course, Galaxy's Edge being thrown in there. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, we, we did a lot of shopping nice. for us. And so being able to save that money on the hotel uh, kind of freed us up to have a little bit more fun with our shopping. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. So you finally are you're there at the hotel. You, you've flown in. You're there. And you finally get to walk into the Disneyland Resort. What were your first impressions when you actually got there? I know the first day you didn't actually end up going into the parks, but I'm sure you had a little bit of a look at downtown Disney and some of the other areas. What were your impressions? Uh, I I was uh, really pleasantly surprised with downtown Disney. It was I, I'd done some research and kind of knew that they had that Esplanade out between the two parks, mm-hmm. and to actually get out there and see that was really cool. Obviously, both parks were, uh, you know, the entrances were nicely decorated for the Halloween season, uh, and we had a couple of uh, Oogie Boogie Bash parties, including the one that we did with you guys mm-hmm. that yeah. we had on the slate. So uh, it was really exciting to see the parks kind of decked out in their holiday decor. And then uh, walking through into downtown Disney, uh, it was a little bit more uh, unseasonably warm, I guess, for us the first couple of days we were there. But despite that, I mean, uh, it was a Friday night when we arrived. Uh, Downtown Disney area was pretty packed um, and kind of getting busier as time went on with everyone down there for their dining reservations and just kind of enjoying the weekend with all the locals coming in. Um, but we ended up uh, going to the Craftsman Bar and Grill there at the Grand Californian, which I would highly recommend to anybody, especially if you're looking for a place to grab a quick bite if you don't have a reservation on a weekend. Super relaxing, poolside. Um, even with the heat, we were in the shade, and it was it was pretty comfortable, and the food was incredible. Cool. Did you have a favorite dish that you tried? Uh, all of them. <laughs> I think the, we, we actually ended up eating there twice on this trip. Um, the first day we were there and then the last night we were there. Uh, the first time I think we did the Wagyu beef sliders mm, and nice. uh, the double beef nachos, which were both amazing. Uh, and then the second trip we went there, we got um, 
there was uh, kind of some sticky wings, which were really good. And then we had the lobster quesadilla, which, uh, you know, my wife was like, we have to try that. And that was incredible. <laughs> yeah, we got that. Lots, lots of lobster in that. Yeah. We got that when we, because we did takeout from there when we were there a couple weekends ago with our son, Scott. And so we, since we, we, he wasn't really into hanging out there at the restaurant, we've got some takeout from there and took it back to the room. And the, yeah, the lobster quesadilla right. was very good. Really we enjoyed good. it. Yeah, and then we had uh, kind of like a marinated chicken skewer that was uh, kind of, you know, some Middle Eastern type spices, mm. and that was delicious as well. So we were very happy with, with all the food we had there. We had a, a number of different cocktails that were all delicious, um, and it was just super relaxing way to spend an evening. Nice. Yeah, nice. That's cool, because that's a, a fairly new um, mm-hmm. restaurant that's just months ago, yeah. Right, yeah. right. So awesome. So how was it then when you finally got to go through the entrance of Disneyland Resort for the first time. Well, I, it was it was really awesome for me. Uh, I'd been looking forward to this trip for an awfully long time. I Disney kind of came to me later. Um, I didn't really take my first family uh, Walt Disney World trip until I was 18 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, had gone a number of times to Walt Disney World kind of during my 20s and 30s. Um, but really, uh, when I married my current wife Kim. Uh, we both have a love of Disney that has just evolved from shared experiences so there. Cool. We got married at Walt Disney World back in 2016. We've talked about that on mm-hmm. a previous podcast. Um, and, you know, I, I always have loved going to Walt Disney World Resort, but certainly with Disneyland Resort being the place that started it all, you know, Walt's initial vision and, and the fact that he right. walked that park, uh, it was going to be super special to get to experience those parks from that perspective. And I also was excited about the fact that, you know, there's different attractions out there that we don't have at Walt Disney World Resort, plus the attractions that uh, are are the same between the two parks, just to be able to see how they were implemented differently. Uh, and you know, I'm sure we'll get into that as we as we talk here, but I was more than pleasantly surprised by by how everything kind of shook out out there at the Disneyland Resort. I'm very impressed by the attractions and the parks in general. That's cool because I know a lot of times newbies there feel like things look so much smaller and it may have a different illusion to them when they first arrive. So I'm glad to hear that you really were able to appreciate the history there and and the impressive use of space that they have been able to <laughs> implement there. <laughs> for sure. And I give I give you guys a lot of credit for that as well. I mean, certainly my wife, you know, knew uh, a, a lot about kind of how the park was laid out and that it was smaller than Walt Disney World. But you guys have covered that pretty extensively in previous podcasts, especially when you did your series on, uh, you know, Walt Disney World for the Disneyland Resort cast and vice versa. And uh, I, I never felt any disappointment. I know the parks are smaller than, than what we have down in Florida. Uh, and I'll always consider Florida kind of my home park. But sure. um, the quality and the way that everything was approached at, at Disneyland Resort was just, it was impressive. I love the rides that we didn't have uh, down at Disney or Walt Disney World Resort. And the one again, the the overarching theme that we kept running into on the trip is that even the ones that were the same between the two parks generally were done better at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And it was just really fun to kind of see that attention to detail. And you know, my wife Kim kept saying, you know, you got to realize that down here in Southern California, there are so many entertainment options within, you know, thirty, fifty mile right. radius that they have to do everything better to keep the locals coming back. And uh, that was certainly in evidence. 
Very true. Um, and uh, we're so glad you enjoyed it so much and could see what we see in, in Disneyland Park and, and notice the, you know, the differences between that and Walt Disney World and, uh, you know, just take it for what it is and enjoy it for what it is. Now, we, you saw your impressions of it were it was better than maybe, I don't know what you expected going in, but better than you expected or kind of what you expected going in. Oh, it was better. I, it was totally better for me than what I had expected going in. I, I expected that I was going to love it regardless. I love Disney parks and uh, the Imagineering and the thought that goes into everything, uh, you know, even right down to the, you know, the names on the windows as you're walking down Main right. Street or, uh, you know, we were talking with Michelle while we were out there that uh, we had rented a locker one of the first days that we were there. I think it was Monday um, uh, because we met up with you guys for the Halloween party on right. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, we were kind of in that little cul-de-sac off Main Street, and we had gotten a beverage from the Starbucks, and we're kind of sitting there and relaxing and cooling off a little bit, and uh, you could hear the piano teacher upstairs right. just kind of playing <laughs> at her frustrating pupil, and we were getting a laugh out of that. So uh, there's just so many cool little details uh, to the park, and, and I know that they have similar things at Walt Disney World, but while Main Street was smaller uh, than what I'm familiar with, I felt like it was a lot more intimate, and right. uh, the detail was just exceptional. Cool. Nice. So what would you say were the highlights of your week-long adventure to uh, Disneyland Resort? Well, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that knows anything about me that Galaxy's Edge is <laughs> a huge highlight. And, I, you know, I felt like that was even better because of the fact that I had held off. I had the opportunity to go down to uh, Walt Disney World for an annual pass holder preview. I'd gotten um, uh, tickets for that and uh, certainly had kind of toyed around with it in my head, but it was going to kind of, it was going to be an un- unnecessary expense for something that I was going to get to do only three weeks later. And, right. uh, we talked about the fact that we were going to go into that park, um, with you guys on that first Saturday, we were there and get to experience it with you. And that was something that I didn't want to throw away. Oh, um, we so it's yeah. even more special because we got to do it with you guys. But the detail was everything that I had hoped for. I felt like nice. I could, you know, spend hundreds of hours in there and still be picking things up. And, um, you know, so that was, that was awesome. The food was delicious. The, right. the, uh, theming was great. The interactivity with the play Disney app, all of those things were wonderful. But, uh, in regards to the, the rest of the park, certainly the Halloween, uh, theming and, uh, the haunted mansion holidays, I think would probably mm-hmm. be one of the other huge highlights of that trip. Nice. Yeah, they that is a spectacular uh, part that they they do out each year. And, and I know we've talked about this in the past, too, that what's really wonderful is it's such a, a unique way to bring out the holiday celebrate uh, holiday celebrations of Halloween. But then it does have that Christmas theme to it as well. So having that be able to really appreciate both holidays is a ton of fun. Yeah, Haunted Mansion is my wife's favorite attraction, and, and it's certainly right up there at the top of my list as well. And uh, we both love Nightmare Before Christmas. And yep. as you mentioned, I mean, to be to be able to have something that you can theme it for Halloween, but it also pours right over into Christmas time is uh, really an awesome little benefit of that. And it was far better than even I had expected. I'd seen videos of it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. They don't do it justice. Uh, the level of detail and just, I mean, you look at it and you're like, how can they theme this as quickly as they do? I know they have all the stuff ready. I know they've done it right. before and it's, you know, it's down to a science for them, but it is, there is so much detail that goes into that, um, overlay. And, uh, I, I wanted it at Walt Disney world and I'm going <laughs> to throw a tantrum if they don't give it to me. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's funny because I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that they took less time to put it together this year because they're really kind of holding back for the 50th anniversary of the Haunted right. Mansion. Uh, so they only had, like, usually they give they give it like four weeks to put up that overlay. And I think this year they did it in like two weeks. And it's still, we were there in the first week and it was it was spectacular yeah. to see, just as good as it always is. So uh, we're so glad you got to see that. And that was the first attraction we went on with uh, Rob and Kim. Right. And that, was, that was so much fun. So you also got to... Uh, enjoy the inaugural oogie boogie bash yeah um i think we 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 ended up doing two of the parties the first one Mm -hmm. on tuesday we did with you and michelle or with you and tom obviously uh and we had an awesome time and the funny thing was i didn't feel like on either of our visits we didn't focus like super heavy on any of the trick-or-treating we certainly did the trick-or-treat trails so we could experience those and um one of the big thumbs up i have to give to uh, the inaugural Oogie Boogie Bash is that the way that they did the treat trails, I've done the Halloween party at Walt Disney World and it was shorter treat trails. I mean, you'd go in and maybe there'd be two places they were handing out candy before you came out the backside of that treat trail. At uh, Disneyland Resort, what we were experiencing was that they were much longer treat trails. Right. Uh, most of them would have probably between six and eight uh, different stops along the way where they'd hand out candy. Right. And then kind of in the middle of that circuit, you they were all themed after a particular villain. So you'd have the Evil Queen or Maleficent or Dr. Facilier and uh, certainly Oogie Boogie, right. uh, which was <laughs> highlight. But um, I just love that the way that they were laid out, I just thought it was so much um, more interactive, I guess, than what I was used to at Walt Disney World Resort. And I was definitely in love with that. I I thought the World of Colors Villainous was incredible. Um, We actually didn't end up getting to see regular World of Color. We were uh, (laughs) fine. We were uh, starting much earlier than we expected to and and not staying in the parks as late. But, um, you know, it was... The whole party was awesome. We did get to go back on the second uh, party and see the parade, which, again, smaller than what I was used to at Walt Disney World, mm-hmm. but so much tighter and more detailed uh, and just absolutely love the way that they that they did that parade. Nice. Yeah. yeah. We didn't get to see the parade much. I mean, we, we got a little peek of it when Flips. we were walking around, right. we, but we didn't really get to check it out. So, uh, so it wasn't part of our review we gave earlier, but, uh, but your thoughts that you talked about the parade being tighter, you know, and just a little more detail, any, any other details you want to talk about the parade a little bit? Yeah. I mean, uh, the only, obviously having done the the parade at Walt Disney World in the past, um, and I know Boo to You at Walt Disney World is very uh, popular with a lot of the guests, but my wife and I are kind of uh, of a similar mind on it, that there are a lot of floats that they've kind of thrown into the Boo to You parade that are a little disjointed. They've got the mm-hmm. Vanellope driving the mm-hmm, uh, right. kind of giant gumball machine, um, which then they just kind of flip over to Goofy driving it for the Christmas parade. And (laughs) this year they had added a number of other character floats, including the Incredibles and Toy Story. And they just kind of seem to be thrown in there Mm -hmm. to lengthen the parade. They didn't really seem like thematically to to fit very well. Um, And like I said, I mean, the the parade at Disneyland Resort um, is very much themed after Halloween Haunted Mansion. You've got the grave diggers, mm-hmm. uh, shovels. You've got the ghostly dancers. You've got uh, the super cool like uh, vampire uh, driven uh, like individual. They're like mini floats, I guess you'd mm-hmm. call them. Right. Uh, and then certainly like the mayor's car right. from 
from Nightmare Before Christmas was certainly a highlight of it. So, uh, and you know, you've got some of your your you know famous uh, Disney characters, the the Fab Five in their Halloween costumes. So that was really cool. But uh, you know, it wasn't as long, but I just felt like it was a much more quality parade. Oh, that's great. That's great. So bottom line, you know, what would you say about uh, an adventure in a, a vacation to the Disneyland Resort versus a vacation adventure to the Walt Disney World Resort? For me, I mean, I, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Uh, like I said, we were we had five day uh, park hopper tickets and then we did the additional two days where we had done the Oogie Boogie Bash, mm-hmm. which kind of gave us some additional time in the parks. Uh, and we were out there for eight total days. We did have some of our time spent visiting uh, my wife's family that lives out there and certainly some time with you guys. Um, but, you know, even in five days in the parks, five plus days in the parks with the Halloween parties, uh, there were still a lot of things that I didn't get to do. I didn't get a ride Splash Mountain, which I mm. never would have expected mm. to be right. the case. Um, so that's going to have to have a pin put in it for next time. But what I would say is that, uh, as, you know, kind of as I mentioned before, the level of detail and almost every attraction that I rode, I liked better than its Walt Disney World counterpart. Um, the only exception that jumps out at me is uh, Big Thunder Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the theming was better on the Disneyland Big Thunder Mountain, right. but I think that the coaster itself is better at Walt Disney World. Agreed. Um, but, God, the Indiana Jones, um, you know, theming mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. of what would be Dinosaur at Walt Disney World was so much better. Uh, the Tiki Room, uh, I love the Tiki Room. Uh, you know, certainly an iconic attraction right. there. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, the Haunted Mansion, I like the New Orleans style. I love the holiday overlay. And uh, I could ride the Incredicoaster all day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want I want that. <laughs> I will do that. So, uh, you know, certainly it, it belongs out in California. It, it's yeah. definitely an iconic place out there on Pixar Pier. But right. just I, I love the food. I love the cast members. I love the, the interaction that I saw with the characters and the guests. Uh, much more of that and, and not like crazy lines either. Um, right. So it was, it was really uh, a more intimate experience, I guess, is what I would call it. What did you think about Mission Breakout as compared to the Tower of Terror? For me, I love the theming. I think that, um, you know, the Marvel franchise and everything they've done with that with the films has been incredible. Um, we preferred the daytime version of it to the mm. Monsters After Dark version mm. of it just because we thought the the scenes were funnier. Um but I love that theming. And that's not to take anything away from the, the Tower of Terror right. at Walt Disney World. I mean, the Twilight Zone stuff is classic, and, and I'll always love that as well. But uh, I've just been so pro-Marvel lately that uh, <laughs> it was great. And I'm looking forward to see what they do with Avengers Campus when that opens mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, so you'll have to come back out. Yeah, just for that. Um, well, you know, we could be coming. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you like the food a lot more. You're talking, you're raving many times with us about the food at, at the Disneyland Resort. Yeah, I'd be 900 pounds if I had access to those corn dogs. <laughs> I mean, the corn dogs, the churros. Um, right. I, I'd never been a big fan of the churros that they do at Walt Disney World. And now that I've had a proper churro, I uh, <laughs> I get why, I guess. But, um, you know, even even the meals that we had in the restaurants. And we did do a Napa Rose experience with, uh, with Kim's mom and uh, stepfather. Mm-hmm. And that was wonderful. Um, so, I, you know, I'd highly recommend that to anyone. We're going to do the uh, chef's counter if we go back. I, I'm nice. pretty sure oh, cool. we'll, we'll have that experience. Yeah. 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 I mean, one of the things that we've noticed over the last, uh, I don't know, year or so is that even at the um, quick service 
restaurants at Disneyland Resort that they've really upped the game. You know, they have more unique sauces and more um, just the level of ingredients that they're using seems to have really elevated the quality of those dishes. Yeah, and I I think it bears noting, and I've heard this elsewhere, but um, when Walt Disney World did the, the Avatar Land, the the, Pan, the World of Pandora down there at the Animal Kingdom Park, um, that really kind of elevated counter service food, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and they have definitely towed the line with that, with what they have implemented within Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Right. Um, I, we didn't bother with the snacks at Oga's Cantina, but I, I was very happy with all the beverages that we had. I mean, they were certainly pricey, but... Um, you know, I'd pay that same amount of money for a drink at Paddlefish at, at Disney Springs right. Down right. Disney World. I think it was, you know, it's it's crazy, but it's not, you know, beyond the pale crazy. Uh, and to have a drink in that environment was super cool. I did get the, you know, the Rancor Tooth mm-hmm. uh, Beer Flight set, nice. which yep. it's going to be like, it's going to be part of my uh, podcast studio, I think. Nice. Uh, and but I mean the God uh, the Ronto wraps. I want more Ronto wraps. Those things are delicious. And <laughs> you know, we're gonna we're gonna be down at uh, Galaxy's Edge, Walt Disney World, coming up in December, and we're definitely gonna be doing some eating at Docking Bay Seven Food and Cargo. So, um, but you and I, I mean, when we when we were there that first uh, Saturday, we stopped in and had uh, breakfast at the Red Rose Tavern, mm-hmm. um, and I. My wife ordered a veggie hash that I was not excited about, <laughs> and it was delicious. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, it's, yeah, knows, because she knows best. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's no Smart. question about that. I mean, come on. Right. We know Kim knows best. <laughs> Did you um, feel like you had? Well, I mean, taking Galaxy's Edge out of the equation between California Adventure Park or Disneyland Park, did you feel like um, there was a more favored one for you? Um, it would be hard to pick, to pick one that Mm -hmm. I, that I would say as a favorite, like I said, I mean, DCA, um, we loved the, the cars land and neither of us are huge cars movie fans, Mm -hmm. uh, but the radiator Springs racers and even, uh, Mater's junkyard jamboree that we did were a ton of fun and is so well themed. And, uh, we talked about kind of how they've done the backdrop with the, you know, the mountainous backdrop, right. both in Galaxy's Edge and in Cars Land. And it is just so, um, it's just an incredible, the depth that it, the perception of depth that right. they have created there is just is amazing. Um, but, you know, the the Redwood Forest area, uh, it's definitely California themed. It didn't do a whole lot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to probably give the nod to Disneyland Park right. just because it is iconic. It right. is uh, you know, it is certainly more of the dark ride attractions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact they had hyperspace mountain overlay still in place, which I was not <laughs> expecting, was a huge plus. I was so excited to be able to experience that. Very cool. Uh, and, and just loved everything about Disneyland Park. Nice. Nice. So do you have any suggestions for anybody out there who is... Who has never experienced the Disneyland Resort, maybe is heading there for the first time or is used to the Walt Disney World Resort and may get to experience it someday soon. Do you have any suggestions since you've just gone through that for them on their first visit? Yeah, I mean, I, I was very happy with kind of how we ended up approaching our trip, staying at one of the Good Neighbor Hotels and, and saving that money over mm-hmm. staying at a Disney-owned and operated hotel, um, I think is, you know, unless money's no option for you, uh, is a great way to uh, open up the ability right. to take 
and spend that money elsewhere, be it on merchandise or on other experiences like we did with the Oogie Boogie Bash. Um, doing two of those parties took all the pressure off for feeling like we had to cram everything in in one night. Right. That's and, um, you know, doing the park hopper tickets, I would absolutely recommend. Um, the max pass option is a great way, especially if you've got anyone in your party. If you've got small children or people with any kind of a mobility issue where running around to get fast passes um, at the kiosks mm-hmm. is something that's going to be a problem, definitely do the max pass. Um, it got to the point where by the end of the week, I forgot we could just go get the paper ones at the kiosk <laughs> <laughs> um, because MaxPass was so handy. And plus, it right. gives you access to your PhotoPass photos. So um, yeah. that was a huge perk as well. But, uh, you know, it's it doesn't require the planning that a Walt Disney World vacation um, requires, which right. was kind of a, a nice twist. I felt like it was more relaxing in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if you're staying at any of the good neighbor hotels, it's a, it's an easy walk to the parks and the parks are smaller. So uh, you can certainly get a lot done with with less miles walked, although that was not my experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just used to doing a lot of walking when I go on vacation. So right. uh, that that isn't a problem. But uh, and certainly the advice that I gave earlier about if you're looking for a place to eat on a Friday or, or a weekend when it's kind of busy and hard to get a reservation anywhere else. Um, check out that Craftsman Grill uh, Bar and Grill at, at mm-hmm. the Grand Californian Resort, and uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, very great. cool. Great advice. Is yeah. there anything that you wished you had done or you really wish you had done more of while or you were there? Or differently, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I spent the first probably half to two-thirds of the trip trying really hard not to let myself get on California time because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I knew it was going to be an adjustment going back, and as a result, you know, like I said, we, I was up very early most mornings. I would go off and get coffee and come back. And, uh, you know, even Kim was getting up early uh, for her for vacation. She's not generally a rope drop person. So uh, but the trade off was that we were not staying out as late and experiencing kind of some of the evening entertainment in the parks. Right. Um, so, I, you know, if we had it all over to, uh, to do over again, I would definitely spend more time in the parks in the evenings. Um, we didn't watch the fireworks show at, at uh, Disneyland Resort. We uh, didn't see the regular World of Color. We did see the Oogie Boogie Bash villainous mm-hmm. version. But um, we did get to see the Main Street Electrical Parade, which I was super happy about. Yay. I'm missing a nighttime parade at Walt mm-hmm. Disney World right. so much. Um, and, and there were a couple of attractions that I wish I had done or done more. Uh, we really wanted to go on Indiana Jones again, and it just didn't pan out. It just got so kind of crazy mm-hmm. busy mm-hmm. that last Friday we were there. Um, but I don't have any regrets about the trip. I mean, we were able to balance family. We were able to balance friends and we were able to balance our, our vacation in the parks, um, in a way that, that was just perfect. And you got to fly the millennium Falcon a couple of times. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I learned that sometimes I just need to relax and let go <laughs> like see that there's a six year old and, and his mother who, um, aren't really sure what's going on with the controls of the Falcon. I just need to you know, expect that I'm going to be doing a lot of repairs as a mechanic. <laughs> just, we're just going to enjoy that. Right. You're super important at that point. Yes. So that's good. That's good. Uh, what I couldn't understand is we still got two containers of coaxium, which I think is what we got when we flew it. Yes. Like, how's that possible? Right. right. Well, that's how good an engineer you are. Because it's funny because right. the first time we flew it, we only got one. one. And ever <laughs> since then, we've gotten two. I don't know if they made it easier or what the case is, but I do love when you when you, I mean the the cool thing about being on a on a version of that where we got a lot of damage to the ship was walking out into the hallway <laughs> right. and just seeing 
the disaster that was the inside of the Falcon. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, that, that, there's an upside to everything. That's That's and, right. and I will say this about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It is not a failed land. I oh. will take umbrage with anyone who claims that it is. Right. I'm actually, I, I thought the land was really nicely populated um, every time we were back there, which was a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it definitely is going to be beneficial when they have that Rise of the Resistance attraction up and running because I think it does need a second attraction. Mm -hmm. But the shopping areas and and the stalls themselves are not big enough to be able to handle, like, super heavy crowds anyway. Right. Um, So, you know, they're clearly doing just fine back there. I have saw so many people Mm -hmm. with with droids or lightsabers walking through the parks um, that to say that it's a failure is, is... just ridiculous exactly I, he, preaching to the choir right. here i've been saying that for a long <laughs> time right. yeah you know so yeah so yeah, yeah i don't I know, know where people get these aerial photos with no one in the walking pass but i didn't see it no, so no, never no, no. So, well that's great so it sounds like bottom line is you had a really really good adventure to the disneyland resort and that you're excited at some point to do it again yeah, and, and again, I cannot thank you guys enough for coming out and spending a couple, uh, most of a Saturday with us, and then certainly the Oogie Boogie Bash party. Um, it was it was wonderful having you guys there to begin with, but also you know it was it was like having a personal tour guide. You guys knew <laughs> uh, the best way to approach everything, and that definitely plus our experience. So thank oh. you guys so much. Well, so oh. sweet. We really appreciate it. And it was certainly our pleasure. We had a phenomenal time and it wouldn't have been the same doing it without you. So we really appreciate right. it to be able to do Plus, that with I needed, you. I needed witnesses about that toilet side. Nobody would have believed it without, without eyewitnesses. That's so funny. True. Uh, but yeah, no, we had such a great time with you and we don't get to spend as much time as we would like with you and Kim, because we are, every time we see you guys, we have just um, the, the best time with you. And so we were happy that we were able to get together for, uh, the, you know, the better portion of, of, of two days while you were here in town, but then you also got to go out there and experience it on your own and really take it all in. So uh, we're glad that this adventure was a successful one for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you didn't see all the stuff we did because you probably would have been rolling your eyes. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> Don't do it like that. Don't do it like that. That's not. We'd be cheering so, you and, on. And, and, <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you, I, I can't believe we didn't get to see Fantasmic. Um, we kind of had it planned for the last night, but again, the parks just got a little bit crazy. Right. And, uh, and we were pretty, our feet were pretty hammered by that point in the trip. So yeah. that was, that was a missed opportunity for sure. Um, I've seen videos of it. It looks incredible, uh, but we'll definitely be doing that. And the next time we come out and um, I've got Tom's advice about the the seating at the River Bell Terrace there. Right. So yeah. Take advantage of that. Definitely. Yes. You know, maybe uh can try to make it for a holiday time for Christmas holiday mm. because it, it also True. has a whole new different feel to it during that time of the year as well. New overlays. Yeah. So, well, it was great seeing you too, and uh, we really enjoyed our time with you, and we're we're excited to. Unfortunately, we're going to miss you in at Walt Disney World Resort by just like two days in December. But hopefully, we're going to try and get something together for June at uh, Walt Disney World, and that will be a lot of fun. Absolutely, you know where to find us. uh, If if we're not here, we're down there about uh, (laughs) three months at this point. So, uh, that's right. Excellent. 
I'm looking forward to it yeah. for sure. So uh, we've mentioned it many times, but uh, you know, maybe you don't know, but Rob is also the host of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, a podcast that doesn't make you feel like a <laughs> jerk. Uh, so, and now there are official translators too. That's true. Oh man, he translated some stuff from Star Wars episode of Phineas and Ferb for us that was hilarious. But, uh, but Rob, please let the you know listeners know uh, how they can access your podcast and how they can find you on social media. Yeah, actually, uh, you can reach, uh, find our podcast pretty much any place you uh, listen to podcasts. So we're on uh, all the major outlets. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. Uh, and if you listen to podcasts someplace and cannot find us there, please drop me a line at jtapodcast at gmail.com and we will make sure that we get uh, our podcast out on that platform. We can also be found on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at JTA podcast. And I'm also going to be starting a YouTube channel here shortly uh, with some videos that we're taking in the parks. Uh, it's going to be called JTA parks cast. Ah, so cool. look for that out on YouTube and we're looking forward to bringing you guys some fun content out there as well. Looking forward to subscribing to that channel. Definitely. For sure. For sure. Well, thanks again, Rob. Thanks one for, for joining on this, on this uh, debut episode of uh, my Disney Hyperion adventure. And also thanks for allowing us to be part of your first visit to the Disneyland resort. Yeah, we wouldn't have had it any other way. It certainly wouldn't have been a trip out there without getting to spend some time with you guys. And uh, I think we talked about it. We would have loved to spend more time with you, but uh, I know yeah. that uh, while we're on vacation, you guys are out there actually living your uh, actual responsible adult day-to-day -day <laughs> life. So, uh, I guess we all can't be living a life of leisure. Not at the same uh, time, I guess, right? Right. right. <laughs> and we're certainly bummed that we're going to miss you guys in December, but um, yeah. you know, we've already got some ideas for uh, for next June, so hopefully yeah. we can make that work. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure out a way to make that work because yeah, we absolutely. really awesome. enjoy our time with you and Kim. So thanks for joining us today, Rob, and I'm so glad to hear that you had a great time. On the West Coast, the best coast, uh, <laughs> because uh, we love the Disneyland Resort. And we love the Walt Disney World Resort, too. They're both great. And right. They're just great in their different ways. So thanks again for joining us. A lot more if it was a two-hour flight, I'll tell you. That's that. true. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's true. That's why we go to Disneyland so much. We, you know, the flight time is really short for us to the Disneyland <laughs> Resort. Right. Yeah. It feels like we never even get off the ground. Hardly. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks again, Rob. I really appreciate you joining us today, and uh, we'll look forward to having you on the show next week because it's Star Wars Remembered Week yeah. again. Empire Strikes Back next week, so we'll look forward to having you on for that episode as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to have to watch that movie. I, I haven't seen that one yet, so yeah. hopefully it's good. <laughs> heard some things. I've heard some things. So. Right. right. All right, Rob. Thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate it. And please send our love to your wonderful wife, Kim. Will do. You guys have a great day, and thanks so much for having me on. Oh, Absolutely. thank you. So thanks again to Rob LaBerry, and I'm so glad that he had such a great, great yeah. trip with his wife, Kim, to the Disneyland Resort, and he explained it so well, and uh, hopefully it inspires many of you to uh, make your Hyperion, your Disney Hyperion Adventure trip to Disneyland as well. Yes, and as we mentioned, this is a new segment that we're adding on, and we really want to hear about what's your Disney week like? What are some of your Disney adventure, Hyperion adventures? And, you know, you can reach us through uh, social media. You can email us. And uh, I know we'll be repeating those ways a little later, uh, as well as the beginning of the show. But we really want to hear about, you know, what makes your week 
Disney special. Yeah, just remember the hashtag My Hyperion Adventure, and we'll be looking out for that. Uh, but you can also contact us in many different ways. And like Michelle said, we will get to that later on in the show. We got into it at the beginning of the show if you want to rewind. So whatever the case may be, or skip back. I don't, I don't think you, people rewind anymore. They skip. Uh, no. <laughs> skip. Yeah. <laughs> I like to skip too, but usually it's not with the podcast. Anyway, I digress. Frozen. Let's get to the Disney stories of the week. Yes, I did skip to Frozen. Yes, you're right. Uh, lots of great stories again this week. We are getting back into action after D23 has been a few weeks behind us now. And uh, we'll start, we'll, we'll stay with the Disneyland Park right now because uh, there's some exciting new entertainment coming to the Disneyland Resort, specifically to Frontierland at Disneyland Park. Yay! Yay. This from the Disney Parks blog. Uh, this new entertainment coming to the Disneyland Park. First, we'll start with a strolling magician who arrives in town this week with astonishing demonstrations of sleight of hand. He'll be found on the streets of Frontierland aboard the Mark Twain steamboat or mingling with patrons inside the Golden Horseshoe. So that's a little more streetmosphere right. fun yes. when you're out there. That's kind of exciting. Yes. But the really great news that we're really excited about is... Later this fall, the Golden Horseshoe, Golden Horseshoe lays out the welcome mat for a pair of piano players ready to challenge one another in a good old-fashioned showdown. They'll take turns playing iconic tunes of the Old West and even take requests from the audience. Think you can stump them? You'll have to stop in and give it your best shot. Dueling pianos in the Golden Horseshoe. That is exciting news. It is exciting. It's going to be fun. Uh, it definitely is a theme that fits into that location and a great update to the to the show mm -hmm. we were on i think it was one of the uh, another late night ticketed event last year where i think it was disney date night as a matter of mm -hmm. fact and they had uh kind of in the same general vicinity over by the rancho del zocalo restaurant they right. had uh dueling pianos out there outside it just also happened to be a cold night and it was a great place where they had the heaters outside. So right. we would park ourselves there and listen. And we were just like, you know, if they did this out here, we'd probably go attend it regularly because we love dueling pianos. And so I'm glad that they're going to add this to the Golden Horseshoe. Yes. And if it's going to be anything like that, it was very comedic. Is that a word? It was funny. Yes. It was funny. Comedic is a word. Okay. Yes. Um, you know, so it wasn't just, you know, show tunes or anything back and forth. There were, you know, there was a lot of laughs involved. Yeah. <laughs> It was a good time, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they decide to do this within the Golden Horseshoe. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see because I think it's got that place is in a really big space. Right. It's going to get pretty packed in there for the first few times they show it. So it'll be interesting to see if they have some sort of package where you can get a, uh, you know, a better seat reserved mm -hmm. for a Maybe dining so. package or right. something. But uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to seeing what that's all about. So. Yeah. Uh, coming up this fall. That'll be fun. It will be. That's yes. great. Let's move on across the Pacific now. And we have new details on several of the experiences that are coming to Tokyo Disneyland very soon. Just coming up here in 2020. Wow. Right. It looks amazing. It does. This again from the Disney Parks blog. A new area entitled, quote, New Fantasyland, quote, uh, end quote, featuring the enchanted tale of Beauty and the Beast attraction and the indoor Fantasyland Forest Theater will open to guests on April 15th of 2020. So we're like, what, seven months away right. from that it's now? crazy. Yeah, it's coming quickly here. 
Uh, the brand new additions to Tomorrowland and Toontown will open on the same day as well. So uh, here's what's going to be involved in this. Guests can immerse themselves in the tales old as time upon entering Bell's Village, which features Maurice's Cottage, Gaston's Fountain, restaurants and shop. Towering high above the forest is Beauty and the Beast Castle, which houses the enchanted tale of Beauty and the Beast, an attraction where guests join a musical adventure in vehicles that dance in rhythm to the music from the animated film. Now, if you remember not that long ago, uh, some of the video from the audio animatronics of this and that mm-hmm. these really advanced hit social media and everybody was wowed by You're it. Right. This is that attraction nice. and it's coming up very, very soon. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe so much is coming to all the Disney parks in 2020. That's really exciting. But yeah, this sounds like it's really going to be a killer attraction. Yeah, uh, I cannot wait to check that out. We are making plans eventually to go hit some of the Asian Disney parks. And uh, of course, uh, Disney Tokyo Resort will be Mm -hmm. uh, one of the uh, ones we'll be hitting up right away. Also uh, opening up over in Tomorrowland, they'll be uh, opening the Happy Ride with Baymax, which I love that name, the Happy Ride right? with Baymax, where guests can join their own personal healthcare companion for an exciting ride that swings them round and round. So <laughs> that's, uh, it just sounds like a lot of fun. It Some does. great new areas that are going to be opening up at uh, Tokyo Disneyland. And uh, we may have to plan a trip there very, even sooner than we actually Maybe thought. so, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's really, really cool. So uh, moving on and back to the U.S. and we'll go over to the Walt Disney World Resort. And we have a little more information now on this year's Festival of the Holidays at the Disneyland Resort. How excuse, fun. Me, the, excuse me, the Walt Disney World Resort. Sorry, I've been talking about Disneyland so much today. <laughs> so. Anyway, again, we'll go back to the Disney Parks blog. That's apparently where we get all our news. Um, (laughs) They announced a couple more narrators for the Candlelight Processional at Epcot. Uh, First will be film and television actress, director, and wildlife conservationist Isabella Rossellini. Uh, She will be doing the Candlelight Processional from December 8th to the 10th. And also actress, author, activist, and Oscar winner Marley Matlin will appear on December 27th and 28th. Big names. Wow, yes. That's fabulous. Yeah, so uh, if you're planning to be out there during those dates, those definitely might be a couple of uh, narrators that you'll want to be sure and and take part in because those are some big, big names. Yeah, they'll uh, probably go fast. They'll probably go fast. Uh, Get that uh, dining package and and do it. Yeah. uh, We also learned a little bit more about the holiday treats that will be available at the festival. Festival of the Holidays, which of course is one of the best things, is the food that's going to be out there. Uh, they're going to have 13 holiday kitchens plus additional food and beverage locations, more than 25 in all across Epcot, which will serve a delectable array of bites, sips, and creative treats. Among them, you'll find your holiday tasting journey will begin possibly at the slow roasted turkey stuffing, mashed potatoes, <laughs> green beans, and cranberry sauce at the American holiday table. Yes, please. That's a, that, that just strikes yeah. a cool. That's holiday for me right there. So that sounds really great. I'm glad it's a nice big walk around <laughs> so you can kind of burn off things as you're, as you're grazing. Nice. <laughs> Grazing a lot. Looking forward to it. Speaking of some other places you can be grazing at, between Morocco and France pavilions, you'll find the new smoked salmon potato latkes at the Lahayam. I didn't nice. do that right. Lahayam. 
at Holiday <laughs> Kitchen, where job. the pastrami on rye with house-made pickles and deli mustard is return is a returning favorite. So Yay. that sounds really good, too. I'm getting so hungry. I know. We always do these things at lunch. So. <laughs> uh, we are always just absolutely famished by the time we get done with this podcast uh there's some also some uh, great places going on at uh, canada with the canadian wild rice soup and ham soup excuse me with a pretzel roll at the yukon holiday kitchen which also brings back its popular seared verlasso salmon with crown maple whiskey glaze parsnip silk apple chutney and a hazelnut croquant yeah yeah yummy yummy, yummy. yes so sign me up <laughs> no, no question. Now, if you like your your holiday treats more on the sweet side, or maybe the baked side anyway, there's going to be the holiday cookie stroll, which will be rewarding fun, uh, which is rewarding fun for the family and gives everyone a chance to explore the festival with baked goodies offered at several holiday kitchens. Yes. Cool. So uh, here's the cookies that will be available for you. At the Bavaria Holiday Kitchen, they had the Linzer cookie. At the American Holiday Table, they have the Gingerbread cookie. Yukon Holiday Kitchen has the Peppermint Pinwheel cookie. Uh, Feast of the Three Kings has the Chocolate Crinkle cookie. And the Lachayam <laughs> Holiday Kitchen has black and white cookie. It has a black and white cookie. And if you choose any five cookies featured in your festival passport and you collect matching stamps, you will receive a complimentary Santi Santi. Santa Claus. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Santa Mickey. That's why I Thank was having you. a problem. Yes. Santa Mickey sugar cookie at the Holiday Sweets and Treats location. So uh, if you get all those cookies, you can get another cookie. Nice. The adventure is on. Yeah, the cookie adventure begins. Yes. <laughs> so. That's it for my Disney stories of the week. We I have one. Oh, Michelle it's has a Disney story. Just a really Yay, quick. That's so exciting. <laughs> Love Michelle's Disney stories of the week. It's just a little one, but I think you'll be interested in this one. Uh, so as you mentioned, we're recording this on Sunday, uh, September 22nd. Tomorrow on Good Morning America is uh, a new yes. trailer for Frozen 2. That's right. By the time you heard this, it's probably already out because many <laughs> of you listen to this on, on Monday morning or right. Monday during the day. But just the same, yes, I was excited when I saw that. I'm looking forward to seeing the new Frozen 2 trailer. We got some great footage when we were at D23 Expo 2019. And right. I'm looking to see what the trailer consists of coming up uh, tomorrow morning. And if you're listening to this you know, on whatever date through the week, uh, today, yesterday, a couple days ago, whatever the case may be, but it's exciting. Right. Sure. And if you, if you haven't heard about it or seen it yet, then check it out. Yep. Definitely check it out. I'm sure it's going to be all over social media. I'm so. sure. Yep. So. Uh, that's great. And, uh, yes. But you uh, heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> if you happen Not to. Really. No, you probably didn't hear it here first, but it's still good news and, uh, we're excited to see it. So. And one other announcement yes, one is that, uh, D23 announced that, uh, the Disney archives do have props from Lost, which we are fan. We were we are Losties. We were yeah. fans of Lost. We watched it from the beginning to the end. Hard to believe fifteenth year anniversary. <sighs> I'm getting so old. <laughs> but the other exciting thing is the Disney Archives is getting ready to celebrate their fiftieth anniversary in 2020, and they're going to have a lot of exciting things coming up there. So we'll be sharing that with you as they get announced, right. and uh, 
Hopefully we'll get to partake in some of them. Yeah. By the way, speaking of that, if you happen to be a D23 Gold or Gold family member, and actually I think they've opened it up to even other members now, uh, sometimes during the year. But if you do go on the Walt Disney Studios tour in Burbank, uh, which we highly recommend because it's amazing and it's something that everybody who's a Disney fan should do at some point. Right. Uh, one of the parts of that is also a trip to the Walt Disney archives. Yes. And so you get to see a lot of great stuff. When we were there, we got to hold one of the Oscars right. uh, that they actually had won and saw lots of things that were signed by Walt themselves, yes. some contracts and some other things, and just a lot of cool stuff from... From yesterday, that uh, from the parks, from the studios, I just it's just a, it's an amazing part of the experience for sure. Yeah, and it just makes you feel a little bit more appreciative of what we get to experience at a Disney park. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So uh, anyway, uh, Michelle's always has great stories. <laughs> So yeah, I'm glad announcement. she, she yeah. got to. Them. So that was our great stories. <laughs> now we get from Michelle's great stories to Michelle's great <laughs> tips. We never leave you on any episode without trying to give you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation, whether it be to the parks, whether it be to Disney Cruise, Run Disney. By the way, congratulations to everyone Yay. that were at the Run Disney run, uh, weekend, the Disneyland Paris Run weekend that was just over the weekend. It looked like it was a great time oh, had fun. by all. Yeah, yeah. we are. Looking Looking forward to eventually getting out there and running those races. Now that they're opening up a new one, right? In the the spring, princess, yeah. Uh, we may be trying to get that done and get our castle to Chateau Medals as well. Yes. So, um, anyway, congratulations to all of you that were took part in those races. They look like a lot of fun. But now back to what I'm talking about, and that is the tips of the week. And we always start with Michelle because she has the absolute best tips. So let's get right to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the week. You're so kind. Love is blind. <laughs> but thank you, honey. I really appreciate that. You have great tips also. Um, so my tip was inspired by our trip to the Oogie Boogie Bash. And this tip hopefully would be for that or for other types of events that you may have get to experience at a Disney park. Um, but ours is bring a backpack. And uh. I know it's easy to just go through, especially when they have that no bags line. But for example, um, you know, we did trick or treating and especially if you have kids and not so much that of having to empty your bags so you can get more, but more just the ability to um, have the, that candy enclosed. So if you're going to do attractions and everything, you don't have your kids uh, or yourselves, you know, trying to hold a candy bag and things spilling out and like, oh, okay, lost half my treats there. Um, I know for kids that would be devastating to happen. Mm, so bring yeah. a backpack, you know, that keeps your hands free then to either snack on more food or, like I said, uh, really get to uh, explore a, an attraction without losing your candy. Right. So. That's a good point. And uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Our backpack was loaded up because I had to wear that thing. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. That thing was loaded with candy. It was very heavy by the end of the night. But And we didn't go through any of them twice. Right. We went once through once. and we didn't hit all of them. No, we, there was at least one I know of right. that we didn't get to at some point. So that was uh, really cool. And uh, we don't eat that much candy. We'll eat a little bit of it. But we're gonna. here's another tip. Take advantage of all that candy. 
That's true. Take Great for kids, ticker yes. treaters. Coming to, <laughs> come to our house. That's if you right. Can, if you can pry it away from your own hands and your kids' <laughs> hands, uh, you might want to use that a little bit for your trick or treat e- right. evenings when they, they, people come to your door. Right. And the other thing that kind of goes along with that is, you know, um, also our lesson learned is really plan ahead where you want to eat and, you know, try to figure out when you can get that in because these events are very um busy they can be if you're trying to get into everything or you know pick up some attractions that are typically long waits you can get to experience those with a shorter line and you might find yourself pretty hungry suddenly and hadn't thought about it so try to have that plan ahead of time too yes that's a good point uh, we did wind up into that situation it sounded like we just ate all the way through it that night but you know we had right. you know, this we had that we had the corn dog but uh, we actually ran into the parts so like we're really hungry we need to find yeah. figure out where we want to get getting eat. close so, to being hangry there yes so, <laughs> um, I've got that taken care of uh, my tip of the week actually also also has to do sort of uh, with the Oogie Boogie Bash but it pretty much has to do with nighttime spectaculars in general now, when you go to the, I've, I've actually brought this tip up before, but we took advantage of it during our time at the Oogie Boogie Bash as well. Uh, if you go to these nights, uh, these events at night and, or to a park at night or whatever, and you look for their nighttime spectaculars, whatever the case may be, uh, check and see if there's only one show or if there happens to be two shows. And if there is two shows, if there are two shows, Take advantage of going to the second one. If you can last long right. enough to be to go to it, go to the second one because you'll have a much easier time finding a great spot right. to watch the show. Most everyone is going to go to the first show. It'll be a little more difficult. People will be waiting for longer to get there. And so you might have a less of a chance to actually go and get a great spot to watch it, which is always key with us because Michelle is vertically challenged <laughs> and she has some struggles sometimes in these crowds of seeing uh, many of these events really well. So we took advantage of this. There were two shows of the uh, world of color of uh, villainous. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took advantage and went to the second show and we showed up like 15 minutes before it began, got a good spot right, uh, right where Michelle could see pretty clearly yeah, without too much of fun. Choices. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was just a lot less crowded that time. And I, that goes for, yes, the Oogie Boogie Bash, but I think that goes for many of the nighttime mm-hmm. spectaculars right. that have two shows. People will go to the original one and they're like, oh, okay, that's it. That's our that's our yeah, night. They leave, yeah. And they'll start to either go shopping or get out of there. Uh, meanwhile, you could take advantage of that time while they're there uh, in you know, smaller lines at the restaurants or smaller lines at the attractions right. or whatever. Take advantage of that. And then go to the later show and not have to wait there as long and still get a better, possibly a better spot very good so good tip baby yeah that's one i've used in the past but uh it just came again this week that we used it again so uh we would recommend that at any time again not everybody can stay up to the second show i right. understand or that we have kids right but but if you, you know, can yeah do it Take advantage of it. So that's it for this week. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, we'll just re- uh, discuss it again. Next week, we'll be continuing our Star Wars Remembered series with a look at many of Star Wars fans' favorite movie in the series, The Empire Strikes Back. That's episode five, of yes. course. And uh, Rob LeBerry, who you heard from a little bit ago from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, will be joining us again for that to bring his incredible Star Wars depth of knowledge to it. Is that way? Because we just talk about, oh, look, something shiny. But he really knows his <laughs> stuff. And he doesn't make you feel like a jerk. So that's the best part about it. So uh, we hope you will, uh, you know, tune in for that episode or download that episode or whatever the case, whatever it is anymore. I, you know, I'm 
such a radio history. I'm always tune in. No one tunes <laughs> into a podcast anymore. Anyway, uh, I'm getting silly now. We need to start you wrapping this food. up. Yes, we need to start wrapping this up. Uh, please follow us on social media on Twitter and Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast, and email us at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Right. And if you get a chance to give us a rating and even better, a review, really appreciate that. That helps our podcast grow and it helps us improve uh, or get to know what you really like so that we can continue doing that for you. And uh, it's just a a great thing for any podcast. Yeah. Any podcast that you love. Uh, one, tell a friend about them. Yes. It's the easiest thing to do. But if you go in the best place, there are places where you can give reviews on many of these different podcast sites, but especially Apple Podcasts. That's the most important one. If you can go on there and give a rating. If you have a little more time, give a review. It just helps whatever podcast you like. Hopefully it's this one, but whatever one are your favorites. Uh, it just helps people find them. They come up on searches that much more uh, quickly, and then people can look and see what others have said about them and everything. It just it just helps uh, promote all the different podcasts that you love. Yes. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. But until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.